Welcome to the McDark Horror Series. Lights out. Good. Here we go. Waking up in a hospital is something many people don't like doing. Waking up in a hospital that is hell on earth is another story. My body was covered in bandages. Even a cast was on my right foot. I must have broken it in the crash without realizing. The morphine drip was doing wonders, and all the aches and pains within the last 24 hours were a distant memory. I laid my head back against the fluffy pillow and closed my aching eyes. The door slammed open with a loud bang, and I sat bolt upright in the bed. A man wearing a long white doctor's coat and elbow-length black gloves barged into the room. His eyes were hidden behind large, wide-rimmed black glasses, and the skin on the lower half of his face was peeled back to reveal the muscle and tissue beneath. Blood spurted from the wound and dripped down the front of his white coat. In his right hand, he held up a long syringe, filled with pus-colored liquid. I had little time to think as he charged at me. I scrambled from the bed, barely avoiding the needle as he plunged it into the pillow where my head had been mere moments before. On instinct, I grabbed the metal pole holding my IV bags and swung it over my head as hard as I could. The bags burst, spilling fluid everywhere as the metal connected with the doctor's head with a sickening crunch. The doctor went limp, lay twitching on the hospital bed. Blood poured from the wound in the center of his head and onto the one clean white sheet. Gasping for breath, I let go of the metal pole, and it clattered on the tile floor. I ripped the IV from my arm and covered the bleeding hole with my right hand. I shuffled over to a cabinet and rummaged through it until I found bandages. I wrapped my arm up the best I could, considering I could only use one hand. Step eight was the one I'd been most nervous about. I was deathly afraid of hospitals after what happened to her. I shook the memory from my head and glanced out the window. Pitch black. Yep, this was it. The hospital of lost souls. My goal was to make it down to the first floor in one piece. I knew I was on floor eight and had seven more flights to go. I shuffled into the hallway and was surprised to find that it resembled that of an actual hospital. The lights were bright, and the walls and floor were clean. I glanced to my left, seeing that I was in the room at the very end of the hall. With how this place was built, I would have to go down every hallway on every floor in order to reach my goal. Dragging my injured foot, I shuffled down the empty hallway and shuddered at the silence. Every room I passed was empty and devoid of sound. At the end of the hall, there was a door leading to a flight of stairs. Gathering my courage, I pressed on. On the seventh floor landing, I could see there were no more steps going down. There was just a blank wall, and the door leading to the seventh floor. Carefully, I pushed it open and shuffled inside. This floor was much like the floor above. The lights flickered a bit here, but it was otherwise clean and empty. But I could hear the distant sound of typing. As I walked, I peered into the rooms I passed and saw the bodies of people sleeping in their beds. 
None moved. And if it wasn't for the heart monitors beside them, I would have thought them dead. Instead, they were stuck forever in a comatose state, the fate of those who don't successfully escape. As I approached the center of the hallway, I could see a nurse's station coming up on my right. I could see the top of someone's head behind a computer and could hear them typing. It was more like they were banging on the keyboard than actually typing. I slowly got down on my hands and knees knowing that if I was quiet I could crawl past them and towards the next stairwell. I pulled myself slowly along, listening intently to the sound of the keyboard. I reached the center of the desk when my injured foot bumped into the side of it. I held in a soft squeal and froze. The typing had stopped. My heart began to race and I slowly looked up. Peering down at me from over the counter was the face of a woman. Her eyes were unnaturally large, almost bulging out of her head. The corners of her mouth were pulled back by painful infected stitches, and her eerily white teeth smiled down at me between bleeding gums. She made a tisking noise, sending specks of drool and blood onto me, and shook her head. Patients shouldn't be out of bed, she said in a sing-song-like voice. I didn't wait to see what she would do. I stumbled to my feet and ran as fast as I could down the hall. With each step, I could feel jolts of pain shooting up my leg, but I couldn't stop. I could hear the clacking of running heels as the nurse ran after me. I could hear her heavy breaths as she gained on me. I threw my body into the door leading to the stairwell and was sent rolling down the stairs. My head collided with the concrete steps, and stars danced across my vision. Still, my adrenaline kept me going, and I kept running into floor six. On this one, the lights were flashing rapidly, and I could see other patients wandering the halls. They were dressed in decaying hospital gowns, and as I ran past, they reached for me. Their nails scratched my flesh, but still, I wouldn't be stopped. I pushed one that resembled a young man out of my way, his face almost completely caved in and filled with white pus. I made it to the next stairwell, still could not get myself to stop running. Through floor five I was greeted by burly men who seemed to have no heads. They were dressed in orderly attendees' uniforms and tried to block my path. Their brutish hands grasped at my clothes, but by pure luck I avoided being grabbed. Down on floor four, I was met by almost pure darkness, the hallway only being lit but flashing red emergency lights. The walls vibrated with the sound of screaming patients, and in the red haze, I could make out hospital furniture scattered across the hall. On floor three, the walls and floors were covered in broken needles and glass. I could still hear the screams and sounds of rushing footsteps behind me. So quickly I ripped off a piece of my hospital gown and tied it around my bare foot the best I could. Taking in a deep breath, I launched into the hole. Glass and needles punctured my foot and I threatened to fall multiple times. The pain was agonizing, and without looking down, I knew I would see a needle sticking out of my foot. Still, on I ran, pushing my body to its very limit. I kept her face in my mind, knowing that I made it this far, and if I could just keep going... 
I would see her again. When I got to the second floor landing, I stopped and as quickly and carefully as I could, I pulled the needle out of my foot. I screamed in pain and punched the wall multiple times. Instantly, I regretted it, seeing my now bloody and broken knuckles, gathering my composure no longer hearing the sounds of approaching footsteps. I opened the door to floor two. Wheelchairs scattered the halls, and the bodies of broken mannequins sat in each one of them. When I opened the door, the ones who still had heads turned to look in my direction. Then the lights went out. My heart throbbed in my chest, and I took off at a light sprint. Both my feet were in agonizing pain, and I couldn't force myself to go as fast as I would have liked. The lights flashed on for a moment, and I could see all the mannequins had moved, rising out of their chairs or crawling after me. Then the lights went off again. I could feel their cold, smooth hands on my ankles and arms, but the sweat that covered my adrenaline-fueled body kept them from getting a decent grip. The lights continued to flash on and off, and I could see them coming closer and closer. I could also see the door leading to the stairs getting closer. Hope started to rise in my chest, and I reached out my hand to push it open. Then a set of hands grasped the back of my hospital gown. I lost my footing and fell forward. I caught myself with my battered hand and cried out in pain. I could feel fingers crawling over my body like millions of spiders. I screamed and pulled myself across the tiled floor, my eyes glued to the door looming before me. The hands dug into me, trying to pull me back. I could feel myself slipping and see myself being dragged away from my salvation. Then the hands lost their grip on my feet. The blood coating my one foot was too slippery for them to get a grip. I could feel as the cast was being yanked off of the other. With this brief moment of freedom, I dug my feet into the floor and pushed as hard as I could. My body slid forward, the blood and sweat helping me slide away. I tumbled to my knees, and I burst through the stairwell door. I slammed it shut behind me and leaned against it, panting. The mannequins didn't chase, and I had a moment to regain my composure. I knew that if I waited too long, though, my body would give out from pure exhaustion. Forcing myself onto my feet, I stumbled down the stairs leading to the first floor, the last floor. I pushed myself against the door and entered onto the last floor. At the very end of the hall, I could see a set of double glass doors with a brilliant sunlight shining through. I limped towards it, searching the area around me. I couldn't hear anything, no screaming, no typing, no movement. I was alone. I got closer to the doors, a sense of unease settling in my stomach. This last floor was too easy. I put my hand up, about to push the door open, about to exit out into freedom, when a scream came from behind me. I looked back and saw her. She was strapped to a hospital table, and the doctor and nurse from floor 8 and 7 stood above her. They smiled at me as the nurse handed the doctor a large bone saw. He wiggled it in the air at me, then brought it down hard on her stomach. She screamed again as blood poured from her mouth. I turned to go to her, to save her. They were killing her, all over again. I couldn't let her suffer again. The doctor brought the knife down over and over again, completely mutilating her stomach, but she still screamed. 
A small voice tugged at the back of my head, and I stopped. This wasn't her. Not the real her. It was just another trick, another attempt at getting me to fail. I closed my eyes, wincing at the sound of her screams, and pushed open the hospital doors. When I opened my eyes, I found myself in an almost empty parking lot. It was raining, and the cool water felt gentle on my fragile body. Looking down, I could see that my feet were healed, but there was a scar from where the needle had been, and the other foot was swollen. I lifted up my hand and inspected the metal key I was holding. It was a soft sky blue with the words, Step 8 Complete, on it. I placed it in my pocket with the two other keys and started limping home. I was sore, battered, bloody. My spirit felt drained. All I wanted to do was sleep forever. I knew I couldn't. I had to keep going. For her. For her.